I think fearless really means to me putting down the opinions of others and trusting myself to show up as my truest, most authentic self. Because when I do that, I attract the right people into my life and it just becomes this beautiful magnet for all the good stuff. Welcome to the Fearless Happiness Podcast, where we showcase phenomenal individuals who have overcome serious traumas, life obstacles, and challenges to find their own path to fearless happiness. Listen as Max Naist invites guests from all around the world to share their experiences and spread strength, hope, and faith. This is the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and this is Max Naist. All right, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world. It's Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and today I have a very special guest. Her name is Kiki. She's from the East Coast. But that's not why we're talking to her today. She has an amazing story. So what I like to do, Kiki, is have you introduce yourself to my audience, like who you are, what it is you do. And then we're going to, as I like to say, rock and roll. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Kiki. I am, I don't know what I am. <laughs> I am a midlife, I'm a midlife switcher upper. Um, I'm 53 and at 51 was diagnosed with some you know, poor health conditions. I was very high cholesterol, pre-diabetic, very overweight for me and my body size and needed to make some changes. And I discovered bodybuilding. I discovered macronutrition um, and a whole new lifestyle that has unfolded for me and has transformed not only my health, but the health of my family. My family has kind of jumped on board. My husband has jumped on the bandwagon too. And it's just been so much fun to share it with him. I've since, um, in the last two years, I've become a macro coach as well as a mindset coach. And I work one-on-one -on -one with a very small cohort of women to work on their specific goals where, you know, be it identity shifting in midlife, um, really taking hold of their health and, and shifting that mindset. That's the, that's the, you know, the major piece that I work with women on is, is shifting the mindset and getting out of our own way, changing that narrative in our own heads so that we can really transform ourselves that's awesome and i may have to introduce my wife to you because we've been going to the gym every morning and but there's she's struggling you know i mean yeah. as a woman it's different than a guy and and anyway this is going to be such a great episode because we get to learn from you right not only spiritually but physically emotionally and nutrition wise like how to change those things i just turned 55 this year and the last, I have to say, year or two, right? They always say, you're on the cusp, Max, of being a type 2 diabetic. And I'm like, no. Mm. Well, this year I got the, you're a type 2 diabetic. And I really don't eat a lot of sugar. I And the doctor, I don't know. I'll get your opinion later. But anyway, it's about you. So um, I get it, right? Because if we don't put the right foods, if we don't exercise, right? Because as you know, Kiki, right? If you, if you go back, right? And think about it the things we've seen in the, in the news on tv's commercial every other commercial seems to be like oh if you're depressed take this pill if you're you know i bipolar take this pill if if what and it's just like they're trying to give us this magic pill that actually i believe harms us more than helps us and i'm not a doctor but some people actually need those medications but sure. not us who like okay we go through a situational thing and okay i'm depressed but i'm gonna go pop a pill and i'll feel better mm. right so i i would like for you if you could 
go back and and ta- tell the audience how this story started like tell them about your challenges that you had to overcome when you got the news of some health issues and stuff you know or you know from your childhood or whatever that kind of sent you on this trajectory to change your lifestyle get your family involved and now like you're amazing you know like i see oh, you thank you and the things you do because you are inspiring it's like you know we see a lot of people that say they do one thing but behind the you know they probably don't well kiki let me tell you everybody she works her butt off and and it and it shows and she got she has her husband on board it's just awesome to see because now that's my wife and are on our mission to get healthier and stay healthier so yeah i would tell you this really my unhealthy trajectory started a long time ago right so i mean if, and, and not that i want to take your listeners through a whole history of, of my life but truly i mean i suffered from a lot of depression um and i i lost my husband when i was um i was 28 and um we had lost twins about eight weeks before he passed away and there were just a quick succession of really big life events that kind of sent me down a really dark hole of just this is so heavy and so hard and i didn't know how to help myself and you know in about 18 months after my husband passed away i became very very ill ended up in a coma due to um, some mold that i had inhaled doing some housework with a with a power sander um long story short i ended up in a coma for about 10 and a half weeks lost my right lung um, it took a long time to recover from that. Meanwhile, I'm a widow and I've got this, this beautiful baby boy to take care of who's now, you know, three. Um, so there were, there were a whole series of events that kind of led up to my feeling like it was just too hard. I couldn't do anything to change. And this was just my life situation and I've just got to pack it in. And did I try medication? Yes. Did it help? I think it kind of numbed things a little bit. I don't, it didn't help me long-term. No, that was my, I don't want to, I don't want to demonize medication at all because it absolutely has its purpose. Um, But then you fast forward, I I was in a corporate career for a long, long time that just wasn't a good fit for me. I was really misaligned with it. Very grateful that it provided for my family. Um, And it just, oh man, it was just, that was probably the darkest time. And what happened to me, Max, is I would numb with alcohol and yeah. food yep. and all the things. And I just started a really unhealthy cycle. You know, you start drinking after work with your buddies. You, you know, you, you buy into these narratives. You know, the job is shitty. The, my life is this way or whatever. And you start believing all these stories. And I think it was i'm trying to it was beginning of 21 january 21 when i had visited my doctor we i was there for my annual physical and she said look you know you're you're pre-diabetic at this point and your cholesterol is quite high i was overweight for me and my body size and and totally depressed i mean absolutely did not couldn't see a way out of this and she said to me you know we can start a regimen of doing insulin and you know we can kind of that will help and that will help you to lose some weight and blah 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 and i remember thinking oh my god here i am i'm i've become my parents and both my parents god bless them they are amazing people and they've both passed away at this point but both of them were type 2 diabetics in their late 40s for the rest of their lives so my memories of being 
you know, my parents had me late in life. Um, so my memories as a young kid and as a teen, I would open up the refrigerator and there'd be insulin bottles and there'd always were needles around. And, and I just knew, oh my gosh, this is going to be my life. I, I, I knew there had to be a better way. And fortunately, my stepdaughter, my amazing, I call her my bonus daughter because she truly is a bonus in my life. Um, she happens to be an online fit- fitness coach and nutrition coach. Oh, wow. And she really helped me to think, okay, if I, if I get a program together and really dedicate and commit myself to this, I can climb out of this hole. I can change my life. And I started working with her. She was fabulous, but she's family. So I don't always listen. Right. right. So she really, <laughs> she really wanted me to start tracking my macros and paying attention to that. And I thought, oh man, that's too hard. It's too restrictive. I don't have time. I, I just was really resistant to that. And this was beginning of 2021. And in the spring, I found Joan McDonald's Instagram account. And I don't know if you know who Joan McDonald is. Her Instagram, her Instagram handle for anyone listening is train with Joan. Joan's story is she was 71 years old, very, very unhealthy on a number of medications for a variety of different, um, you know, uh, issues she was having. And her daughter said, look, before you up the medication or whatever the doctors wanted to do, I'd really like to try to help you through bodybuilding and, and uh, macronutrition. And her daughter lives in Mexico in Tulum. And so Joan went down to Mexico, spent a couple months with her daughter, and they actually reversed her, all, her need for medication. She was off all the medications in a number of months had totally transformed her life. And I I had seen her on Instagram doing pull-ups. And I'm like, who is this woman? <laughs> and her back is just ripped. And I'm like, what? I was like, I want that. Whatever she is having, I want it. And here's the thing about Joan. When I found her account, because there's a lot of these you know, fitness accounts out there, as you well know. Yeah. I knew she was telling the truth. I knew she was a truth teller. And... I started following her and I needed to know everything she was doing. And so I found her coach, which happens to be her daughter, who is now my coach. Um, And she runs a fabulous um, online uh, women's transformation program. And it's all, you know, the fitness programming is all body bodybuilding based on bodybuilding uh, techniques. And that was so intimidating for me, Max. <laughs> I had to send in uh, videos of me doing a deadlift and I had never done one before. I'm YouTubing how to do a deadlift. I'm like, I look ridiculous. I've been hip thrusts. I had no idea what I was doing. I am now two and a half years into this. They're not quite two and a half, but a little over two years into it. Um, I've never had so much fun. I have found total joy. I've lost 47 pounds. I've reversed my, my pre-diabetes. Um, I feel amazing and I'll be 54 next month. And I just feel like, you know what, there's just, and Joan showed me, Joan was really the shining example for me that if she at 71 could do this, she's now 77 and still kicking butt in the gym. Um, she's a true example and of what's possible. We don't have to buy into the narrative of just checking out and, you know, all the midlife stuff that seems to happen right so 
we get at a certain age and it's just like they're going to start handing us pills like skittles you know what i mean and yeah, so yeah. i was when i got sober mm. understand what you went through right so like meth and alcohol were my go-to when i went through a divorce because oh, wow. i fell when that fell apart i was my own worst critic right i was the one that caused it you know shame on me you know you failed as a husband you failed as a father blah 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 and it just it spiraled like so out of control quickly and, and fast forward so i get sober you know i just celebrated 20 years in september i've been cleaning congratulations that's amazing <laughs> thank you and right and and from the damage i've done when i was out there doing my thing like but hurt my shoulder i actually hurt that in sobriety uh my back that was a long-term thing that i kept putting off right i had back surgery so i know what you mean right so i go to the gym and sometimes i see even older gentlemen my age that are killing it and i'm like i can't because i have no muscle on my right shoulder so i can't do any heavy overhead press right if it's light maybe but you know how that that your own worst critic creeps in and goes see you can't do nothing you shouldn't even be here and blah blah, mm. blah. but what i've gotten into is like kettlebells and and doing functional yes. stuff that i know is going to make my body strong and because i want to reverse so i may be wrong so diet type one is not with the insulin right that's when you just take the medication so i'm a type one diabetic then i haven't graduated to type two yet Type one, I, I don't know everything about diabetes by any means, but type one, as I understand it, you're generally born with it. Right. Um, so I'm not, so I haven't gone to the shots yet. I have to take a medication, ugh, you know what I mean? And and I do take a cholesterol medication because I do take after my dad's side. That's something that genes, I can eat the like plant-based diet and still get high cholesterol, right? And the doctor just looks at me and goes, it's in your genes, you can't help it. It's in your heritage or whatever in them. Yeah. So like I start following people like you and stuff like, okay, like I got to pick and choose, right? What I can do and then do it to the best of my ability, like you've done. Yeah. Right. And that's what I want you to share with my audience. Right. So it's not, but like you, when I was told, oh, you got to watch your macros, your micros, you know, I just go like, I don't have that kind of time. I know I need to, but you know, I get frustrated. Yeah. Right. Because I'm the type of guy that if I miss a day and I mess up on one little thing, I'll obsess over it and go, then that's it. I don't need to do it. But I messed up already. But um, share with the audience like the dedication it takes to make a lifestyle change like that. Because you mm -hmm. do have to, I mean, you can enjoy yourself, but when it comes to the gym, you got to say, it's like those things, um, contrary action, right? I don't want to go to the gym today. You go to the gym, right? I don't want to eat this or that today. I got to eat that because I know it's going to help my body. So share with that how that started to evolve for you after, you know, talking to your coach and your daughter and all that stuff and going, hey, I think I can do this. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to your listeners. Um, learning macros was probably harder than learning how to deadlift for me. Just I think and, and not because it was hard. It was just I had a resistance. I had a mental block to doing it. Right. And I used to roll my eyes because people would tell me in my community, my you know teammates and whatnot, well, when you get it, it's, it's going to be total freedom. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I didn't buy it. Totally is. I'm a convert completely. It is total freedom. And what it's taught me is how to fuel my body properly. Because my body is different than your body, than you know anybody else's. It's unique to me. And that's what macros really are, is dialing in the 
the right proteins, carbs, and fats for me specifically. And that's something I never understood before. And it was a game changer because I eat and enjoy all kinds of food. There's nothing that's off limits to me. I eat ice cream. I, you know, if I wanted to drink alcohol, I choose not to. I've been sober for a little over two years, um, but I would just track it in my macros. So what I've learned is as a 53, almost 54 year old woman who's postmenopausal, I need a lot of protein. I need way more protein than I ever thought. And I'm sitting at about 150 grams of protein a day. And that has been truly life-changing. I also learned to stop demonizing carbs. <laughs> it is like an epidemic in our country, right? I mean, you, you tell any woman to eat carbs and she's like, no, I would never. It's like a vampire. They go, shh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Carbs are my friend. I eat bread. I eat, you know, I just track it. So I know exactly how much I need at that particular meal, pre-workout, post-workout. I have five meals a day and then three three meals after that. Um, and now I just, I never feel deprived. It is, so it's freedom in that sense. And I've also gained the confidence now after tracking my food for so long, which is very easy to do once you get the hang of it. It's very easy. Um, I've gotten to the point where I'm comfortable and very confident going out to a restaurant and being able to look at the menu and prioritize, ooh, you know, that 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 salmon filet or the fish or the chicken or whatever, like quality protein first and then build beautiful vegetables around it and what have you. And yeah, enjoy dessert, of course. Like nothing's off limits here, but I'm understanding what's right for me and I'm tracking that. And I think tracking also helped me to understand truly the composition of food. I didn't understand that broccoli had protein in it. I had no idea. Right. I didn't understand that there, you know, you know, was that there's fat in certain foods and and things like that. It just none of that. What the composition of each food that I was eating, I had no idea. Right. So that's it's built this really awesome awareness. It's given me tools I've never had before, and it's given me a lot of confidence to kind of manage my life going forward. And fuel myself properly for my workouts and for life so macros are that's a game changer right because when you learn that stuff like i didn't know that like avocado is a good fat right yeah and certain fats are good for you and you know i mean i grew up with a mom who who cooked breakfast lunch dinner right and always made sure we had like all the food groups in our plates right and pretty yeah. healthy um it's just as you get older, right? Our bodies change. And, and like you said, we need different things as we go along. And I love that you said that, right? Because I may have to connect you, um, my wife with you, or have her reach out to you and maybe, yeah. you know, because I know she struggles with that because she's tried everything. And, mm -hmm. right? But also, I also tell her, we've been through a lot of stress. So give yourself a break because, you know, yeah. it lost a granddaughter. Um, we've had so many things happen in our family over the last eight years where it's just, it always seems, as you know, sometimes when it's like one after another, after another, and you're just kind of going, okay, God, when are you going to give me a break? Like, and he's yeah. like, I'm not giving you a break, right? Just, you got to keep rolling with the, with the flow. But see, you've experienced that, right? You, you lost twins, you lost your husband. And I don't think people realize like what that feels like like you want to crawl under a rock and never come out after something like that happens i know because um mm -hmm. 
like when I lost my granddaughter, a week after that, I'm going to work and my son has a massive stroke at 30 years old. So I just watched oh. my granddaughter get put on life support. Now I'm watching my son get put on life support and I'm going, Oh my God, man. You know, and I'm like, okay. And um, but we'll talk about some other things, but I want to know. So like, what was that pivotal moment? I mean, you kind of went over it, but like, did you have like an aha after, you know, your husband passed away? Cause you were young, right? Mm -hmm. You lost some twins. Um, and depression is no joke. I, no. I, I, I'm, I suffer from clinical depression, but I have not been on any meds except for eating right and exercise for four years now. And I feel better than I ever have. That's awesome. But like, yeah. you know, when you go through those moments when you go, I'm done with this, this stuff's not working. So what was that like for you? And, and maybe give my audience some insight how you pulled yourself out of that, because some people ask for help. Some people can do it on their own. But, you know, this is why I bring uh guests like you on here because i want to show the audience your spirit like your fight and and how you shine your light in the world oh thanks i love how you say that um i'm gonna be totally honest i i think i well first of all i will say this i am really blessed with an amazing family my my mom and dad were like there my my in-laws my my late husband's family amazing they swooped in, they, everybody was just, so I had a lot of support from my family, which I'm super, super grateful for right. the depression piece. I think I was really quiet about because I felt like, and, and a family member said this to me, and I don't know if, if you can relate to this at all, but I had a family member tell me it was about six weeks, seven weeks or so after my husband had passed away. And he said, you know what? It's time to move on. You just need to stop talking about it. It just, you just need to, and I'm a big people pleaser. So I was like, oh man. And, and, and the thing was, he said to me, you're making other, you'll make other people uncomfortable. Your story is hard. You don't want to make people uncomfortable. So you just need to kind of like not talk about it. And I thought, okay, I don't ever want people to be uncomfortable, of course. So I lost my voice right then and there. And I just stopped talking about it and I stuffed it. And I did go to therapy for a while. I didn't really find that to be for me. I Maybe it wasn't the right relationship. I'm not sure. Um, but it was really a quiet journey, very lonely journey. And I talk about this on some other podcasts that I've had the pleasure of, of um, being on, that it's almost like you become radioactive when you're going through that level of grief. Because, and it's not that people don't love you and want to support you. It's that they don't know how. Right. And I get that. I get that. I don't blame them. I don't fault them whatsoever. But you become a little bit radioactive. People feel like they just don't know how to be around you because your your sadness is so deep. And while I can put on a happy face and party and, you know, do all this stuff, it's it's so much deeper than that. Um, so I, I, I'm not really answering your question other than to say this. It was quiet. It was long. It was very internal. And I numbed a ton with alcohol and food. Right. And I mean, fast forward many, many years later, um, my son is now 27. So, you know, and I was I was 28 when all of this happened. So we're we're a couple decades past that. Um I'm just now like using my voice again for the very first time since being quiet about all that. Have I healed? Yes, absolutely. 
I don't carry around the, you know, the, the giant rocks that I was carrying for so long. And I would also say the gym, being in the gym, there's something really powerful about learning how to lift heavy shit. <laughs> I know, right? That's why I as, love as kind of a, kind of a small woman. Yeah, you yeah. know, I'm there's there's power in that there's there's i always call it um you know you're building metal like m-e-t-t-l-e like you're building strength and resilience when you're under the bar and an emotional and spiritual resilience and it's fascinating there i can't tell you how many times i've cried in the gym and has nothing to do about the gym or it being too hard or painful or i don't want to be there (laughs) it's totally emotional and i think what it really boils down to is that i'd abandoned myself for so long that's the real sadness that i had allowed myself to kind of buy into the narrative that i shouldn't talk about my story i shouldn't i shouldn't work through my grief i shouldn't emote i shouldn't share it with friends because i was going to push them away um so see that's hard when that happens or when i mean that that gentleman probably gave you the right push right maybe in not the correct way but right because you and i know that we can be our own worst enemies right so and mm -hmm. i know what you mean so when i started you know later after i got sober and like in the last especially few years when i see um these influencers and stuff you know like andy frisella and and let right and then they talk about iron sharpens iron right it's it's like you just said that's what it means right like because if we're in the if like andy says the best revenge that we can take on anybody or anything our government or whatever is personal excellence nobody can take Mm -hmm. us right and he says that is the best uh revenge for what's going on in the world today try to be your best oh i love that Always yeah subscribe. i listen to him religiously and his thing and he said it's yeah it's necessarily you know having a revolt and you know this and that he goes try to be the best and most elite version of yourself be amen excellent right what you put in your body um work out and and try to grow every day because he said like i listen to these guys and they're like and most of them are right because they said they're always never satisfied right because they'll accomplish one goal and then it's on to the next and he goes that's when you know you've met a true high performer they're never satisfied they'll mm-hmm. be friendly and they'll tell but they'll tell you like no i'm not done yet i'm gonna keep going and right and yeah. the book i've read like by david goggins he's an extreme like yeah, yeah right um i always say the top of one mountain is just the bottom of the next right and then jocko willenick i'm in the process of listening mm. i've already read his book but extreme ownership and i'm listening mm. to it now while i work out so it pushes me to do the extra kettlebell swing or or you know squat yeah. but it's i mean you know because you've suffered from depression sometimes it feels like there's no way out like when you said you're in that deep black hole and no one understands but you're trying to put a happy face on and, yeah. and be there for your family. And, and luckily for me, I, you know, I had a lot of family members that helped, but I had a big support system through AA that like, we're always mm. be to right. That's I, awesome. Yeah. I have a sponsor who's been my sponsor for over 20 years now, and I've never fired him, uh, he's never fired awesome. me, you know, and he's always let me have this journey. And, but what I want to talk about next is uh, Kiki, so now you're you're 
you know, you're finding your voice again, right? And, yeah. and it's amazing to watch. And on your, okay, let me ask you this, right? Because we know the more successful you become, right? Especially on a social media platform, right? You're always going to get those haters. Like what happens? What do you do when you see someone post a comment that just, where you just want to go, what? <laughs> you know, like, sorry about you. I want to keep going, right? But how does that yeah. affect you know what? It's funny. I've had a few. It's been a it's been a while since I've had any negative ones, and I'm going to knock on wood right now. I've been really, really fortunate with finding people that are like minded and kind of here for the right reasons. I think. Um, have I had people drop into my DMs and say weird stuff? Sure, that's a block and delete. Um, <laughs> that's what the button's there for. But I think. It's helped me a little bit to kind of really, I mean, I question myself, why the heck am I on social media? Uh, you know, I'm too old for this. I'm blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, all the I get stories, that from other right? people. Like, yeah, what are you trying to do? You're not like, uh, whatever. I'm just like, stop. And it's funny because my social media account, um, the Likey Viking came about because of my bodybuilding team. We're all, we're, we're actually all over the world. We all work together, oh, nice. you know, um, online we meet on zoom and you know we send in videos to our coach and perform correction and things like that so we're entirely virtual we've now met in person many times they're amazing um but our social media came about because my coach encouraged us to set up an account just for sharing our fitness journey right and it was private for a long, long time. And I just shared it with the women on my team and we would, you know, high five each other for, you know, killing the deadlift that day or whatever. Um, or, you know, post our before and after pictures or before and during pictures or, you know, we're showing up in bikinis a lot. We're no, you know, we're not necessarily getting on stage to compete. Some women are, um, I'm personally not. And, it, you know, I, it just felt like it should be a private thing. And then about a year into my journey, my coach asked me, she's like, well, why is it private? And I had to really sit with that for a minute because it was private because, oh my gosh, my friends would judge me for sure. Like, have you lost your damn mind? What are you doing? Is this a midlife crisis? What's going on? And I just, I felt like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to run into all this judgment. And what I realized is I was judging myself. And I was, and I said, you know, I was, I don't know, 52 at the time. And I said, this is just ridiculous. I'm just going to, what's the worst thing that could happen? So I get a little hate comment, big deal. And I just challenged myself to do it. And you know what happened was I found all these women that were just amazing and looking for examples the way I had looked at Joan. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm an example for somebody else. It never even occurred to me, never occurred to me. And I... There is nothing more that, that just makes my heart swell with joy than to share what's possible with other women. That is entirely what I love doing. I'm and not. the word, and I chose, it's funny because our coach said, you know, choose an Instagram handle if you don't want to use your name, something with fitness or whatever. And I, I thought about it for a long time and I'm from, um, I'm from North Dakota originally and grew up in a very kind of Scandinavian farming community. And the word likey or Luca, that's how you really say it, um, is a Scandinavian word, a Dutch word, just means joyful. Okay. Um, and I'm, you know, mostly Scandinavian. And that's where the name Likey Viking comes from. I love it. And <laughs> I really just thought 
the word means so much to me because it is all about being a warrior for finding joy. See, I love that. And, and as you know, well, like with anything, uh, the more popular we get or whatever we're trying to do, especially on social media now with all the negative it gets and all, we have to be careful, right. Of how we carry ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was, you know, introduced to your, um, your page, I was like, wow, she carries herself very well, right? She's out there. You can tell when people are on there for one reason or the other, right? Most of the time, some of those influencers you see, you know, standing in front of a Lamborghini or a Ferrari, right? Like I've been told, right? Most of them, that's not even their car, right? So, oh. right. And I've met some very successful people to, in a mastermind or a business group that I belong to. And, um, but someone said that to me too. You got to, with like any good thing that we try to do comes great responsibility, right? And that's, I always say, uh, and these are principles I live by, right? Is always be authentic, right? I try mm-hmm. to be as authentic as I can every moment of the day, every day. Um, do the hard work always, right? So we have to lead by example and then surrender the results, right? So I don't try to force anything. I just try to be me and then go, okay, God, yeah. you go the res- I'll do the footwork, you handle the results. And, yeah. you know, and in doing that, I, I, like I said, here I am with Kiki today, having this wonderful conversation about where she's come from, how she's turned things around in her life, right? Minus a lung and is in the best shape of her life. And now she's helping other women do the same thing. It's amazing. You know, I love having these conversations with people and and so I can show my audience, right? Like, because trust me, I work in a field that sometimes can be very, very negative, right? I work in the addiction field. And mm-hmm. when you're working with 20 somethings, you know, the millennial age, mm-hmm. sometimes you want to hug them and sometimes you want to choke the you know what out of them and yep. tell them, yep. come on, you can <laughs> do this. Um, yeah. It's awesome to have friends now out there now in different parts of the country that, you know, I've had conversations with. Now I got a new friend, Kiki, and she shared her life story with us. And so now, as you said, right now, moving forward a little bit, Kiki, like talk about, you know, getting remarried again. How was that for you? And then all that stuff and which led you to where you are today. Yeah, so there's there's a little chapter in there. I was in a very, very bad relationship for a while after my husband passed away. Um, I very, very bad situation. <laughs> and I carry a lot of shame about it. It's something, it's a chapter of my life that I actually omit. I I don't tell people about it. And it's time that I do because I think I carry so much shame about it and putting my son in a situation that he shouldn't have been in. And um, long story short, it was a very short-lived relationship. I ended it very abruptly, discovered some stuff. He was a very sick man um, and was a single mom for, you know, a number of years after that. And then my, I used to have these um, kind of dinner parties at my house on Friday nights, um, just invite some girlfriends over and their kids so that my kid could have this like normal, you know, Friday night stuff, play video games in the basement with the kids and stuff. And my girlfriend sat me down one night, one Friday night. She's like, you know what? It's time. You need to get out there and date. And I was like, no, you know, that's not for me. I'm good. <laughs> I'm working. I got a kid on the soccer field. Like, I'm busy. I don't have time for that. And then this was in 2006. And before it was okay to date online, right? 
Right. And she's like, there's this thing called match.com. And I'm like, oh, hell no, that's not for me. <laughs> and I remember sitting in my kitchen and we pulled out, you know, the computer, whatever, and we we built a profile. And there was a lot of wine happening. Um, long story short, I was like, fine, let's just do this. Great. The next morning, I made sure it was, everything was spelled correctly because my mother was an English teacher. And God forbid something's not spelled correctly. Um, and then I pressed send. And here's the thing about Match.com. I had so much fun. It absolutely restored kind of my belief that there were really nice people out there. There were some dates I went on. There was no kind of chemistry, but there were really interesting and kind people. And we had a great conversation and it was, it was fun. Um, but then I met my husband <laughs> and he had reached out to me on match seemed like such a great guy i felt brave enough to give him my phone number after we had talked online and he called me on a sunday afternoon and it popped up on the caller id this is back in caller id days and it said his last name and i was like oh my gosh i knew a you know from from high school it couldn't be couldn't be this related um so it kind of left my mind we ended up talking for three hours we agreed to meet monday night after work random um for drinks and i said you know i'll give you five minutes we'll just know if there's chemistry i'm not trying to be you know rude or anything but we'll just know and don't waste my time i don't want to waste yours we're both parents um three and a half hours later i had to call the babysitter a number of times and say i swear to god i'm coming home i'll pay you extra right <laughs> um, and and that's the end of that. We it was I I known his sister from high school. Um, oh. We had gone to this kind of obscure religious school together. Um, I, so we knew literally a hundred people in common. Oh wow! And had just never met. And he's just I feel like he's absolutely heaven sent. He's the magic. He's an amazing man, and he has two beautiful daughters. Um, and we blended our families and i'm just super super blessed and we've been together 17 years that's awesome congratulations thank it's you like when you find that one right that is just heaven sent you just like you have no doubt totally um, and uh i love it i love the happy endings right and but we're not ending because we're still on this journey of you know like i always like to say the onion you know analogy right uncover yeah. discover and discard right and it's constant all the time and always but uh, i i thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for sharing your story and stuff like that with my audience and i absolutely I get into some questions that i love to ask right sure and, of course um but first i was gonna say right i'm just gonna put that is i'm gonna put this in your ear when is your book coming out oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> Um, so many people, Max, so many people tell me this, so many, and I keep discounting it. Like I'm who, who would want to read my story? Like, I'm just, no, who would want to read that? So I'm still kind of in that space. I'm sure um, I know a lot of people that will, you've got to write a book. I think you have a great really story sweet. to write a book. Thank you. Maybe I will someday. I don't know. I, I would love that opportunity. I just think that sounds magical, but, um, well, I have to work on my my mindset around that, I think. <laughs> well, I wrote a book, right, for my journey from active addiction into recovery and stuff. Oh, and amazing. Yeah. It's right there. It's the same uh, name as my podcast. So the first question I love to ask my guests. I love it. Fearless. 
What does mm-hmm. fearless mean to you? And how does that show up in your life and work in your life on a daily basis? Mm, it's just starting to, Max. I think it's just, it's it's relatively new to me in the last two and a half years because fearless to me means showing up as my most authentic self and putting down the fear of judgment from others and from myself. Stopping, you know, when I stop worrying about what everybody thinks about me or might think about me or my people-pleasing is, you know, what's gonna, what will somebody think if I post a bikini picture or, you know, put it to kind of some hot music or, you know, whatever. Right. Is that, you know, I'm not out there thinking I'm anything special. I'm doing that because I want to inspire other women to do the same. Because I was told I shouldn't wear a bikini over like 25. So here I am. But I think fearless really means to me putting down the opinions of others and trusting myself to show up as my truest, most authentic self. Because when I do that, I attract the right people into my life. And it just becomes this beautiful magnet for all the good stuff. Absolutely. I couldn't even agree more with that statement because it's true. One thing I was taught is that helped me because I I'm I used to be the biggest people pleaser you ever met. Like I was the yes man for everybody. And, you know, I'd say yes and then do that thing when they're not looking. God, fine. Say yes for it. You know what I mean? And get all mad. Yeah. At but then I learned, you know, that no is a complete sentence. Amen. Right? And mm-hmm. then my mentors and my sponsor taught me, look, Max, it's none of your business what people think of you anyway. Just do the next right thing and be yeah. helpful. Be helpful to some and harmful to none. And I'm like, okay, I think I can do that. Oh, can I steal that? Be helpful to some and harmful to none. That's beautifully said. Yep. I heard that the first time and it clicked. Um, Like, I and after my last relapse, my sponsor said, you don't get to pick and choose who you help, right? And then that popped up. I would hear people. I I heard a mentor and someone speak and said, look, I try to help. I try to help. I try to be helpful to some and harmful to none, right? If I can do that, I've had a great day in sobriety. Oh, love it. Right. But now I carry it on beyond, you know, I carry that on to friends that are not even in recovery. I tell them, this is what you got to do. You're going to live a happy life. And the clients I work with, whether they're in addiction or mindset or, you know, whatever, I just try to teach them, look, if you can help one person a day, your life's going to get better tenfold. And, and that's, you know, and you're helping women by showing them what you do, how you do it, and being proud of that, right? Because why yeah. should you not be proud of all the hard work you've done? And and I appreciate that answer about fearless, right? Because as a mentor told me one time, he goes, will we be ever be like truly fearless? No, probably not. But we'll learn how to fear less by the good mm-hmm. The good things we do in this world and knowing that whatever the universe our higher power god whatever you want to call it will have our backs when we do that so oh, thank you yes. for that right yeah it's totally so the next question is happiness and as you can see i put a y in it i did it on purpose because <laughs> all that wrong but um knowing <laughs> i put the y in there i think you'll figure it out what does happiness mean for you and how does that show up in your life it's not dissimilar to my answer to fearless. When I am truly my most authentic self, I'm so connected to myself. And that connection automatically makes me feel joyful, makes me feel happy. 
And I think that brings the opportunities to show up and share and and help other people. And that brings me so much happiness. That is so, I'm a very purpose-driven person. And when I am helping other people, that's the holy grail. That's that's the best. Right, because that brings joy then, right? Because we know happiness, as I always say on on my show, is could be fleeting at times, right? Because I could be, you know, Mm -hmm. hey, yeah, I'm happy. You see me go out the door for a second. You hear me stub my toe and all of a sudden the F words are, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But when we do stuff like you just said, that's joy. Like that's the, the, the happiness on steroids. I like to call it right. Because totally joy for me is everlasting. Like watching my grandkids grow up, like having my granddaughter, you know, seeing my grandkids and just hanging out with my uh, wife or whatever and doing something fun, you know, with family. But I love that. That's, that's some awesome, awesome stuff. So as we wind down, right. I want to ask you if people want to get a hold of you, right. If if the women in my audience want to say, I want to work with Kiki, how do they get a hold of you? Thank you. That's really kind. Um, through my Instagram is the best way to get a hold of me. Send me a DM. I am presently full for my coaching, um, probably till spring. Um, depends on some client renewals and everything. I like to keep my cohort pretty small, but reach out to me nonetheless. I love to connect with people on Instagram. That's where I hang out most of the time. My handle on Instagram is the likey, L-Y-K-K-E, Viking, V-I-K-I-N-G. Awesome. You heard that, everybody. The likey Viking. Yeah. Not forget that. Um, so you're not quite off the hook just yet, Kiki. I don't want to be off the hook. I'm having fun. This is good. I, I love it. Okay. I know. I, uh, I could do this all day. We could have such a great conversation. But I like to ask this question um, of my guests. I ask all my guests. So what is one piece of advice you could give my audience that will help them grow as a human being and become better people? Mm. We don't have to do it all at once. We can just do small steps that make a big difference every day. And I think my my own health transformation, which is is so much more than just the external body, right? It really is that internal journey of self-love, self-compassion, um, learning to be authentic and not not be afraid to be my authentic self, that it is worthy and I'm good enough and all of those stories and narratives. Um, but I used to be really overwhelmed thinking I had to do it all at once. Like, okay, I'm going to put this plan together and by next Tuesday at 12 o'clock, it's going to happen. <laughs> and that's just unrealistic. So, I mean, showing up, I think my best piece of advice is to show up 1% better every day. And that small... every day over a long period of time is how we truly change. And that's from the book, The Atomic Habits by James Clear that I love. Yes. I was just going to say, I have read that book and listened to that book. Yeah. It's it's a good one. But yeah, there was a guy, you know, and that reminds me, there was a guy, um, he's since passed away in his forties, but he was big in the fitness industry, the bodybuilding out in Venice, right? Like, Mm. Sam, I think Bakhtiari or something like that. And 
I heard him on a, on a podcast or something before he passed away or someone shared what he had shared with them. And he said, all you have to do is be 1% better than you were the day before. That's true. Right. Yep. And it's, he said, if you do that at the beginning of the year and you just consistently try to be better, he goes, by the end of the year, you're going to look back and you're going to go, I'm 365% better than I was last year. Right. And what That's a right. boost, what a, you know, self-esteem boost to if you do something like that knowing that you didn't have to do something very extreme but small things over time helps you know with that stuff so yeah yeah man this has been amazing kiki I, thank you like i said so much for taking the time out of your oh, schedule and, and spending it here with me on my podcast i know my audience is going to get so much out of this and Oh, I hope so. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Max. I really I love meeting you. I love your podcast. And yeah, I'm really grateful for the opportunity. So thank you. Well, the honor's all mine for sure. I love it. I've had such a great time. So you heard it, everybody. If Kiki made you smile, if you <laughs> heard something, if she made you think, and like I always like to say, if she made you go, hmm, I like that. Right? Right? Please go to iTunes and leave a five-star review so more people can find the podcast so we can just keep doing this and maybe bring her back on again later down the line and see how our journey's going. But I'd be thrilled to. <laughs> this has been such a good time, Kiki. And everybody, thank you for your time out there. Until next time, like I like to say, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world. Have a good one. And until next time, this is Max. We'll talk to you later. Are you tired of being weighed down by life's traumas and struggles? Join the fearless happiness lifestyle and let us guide you toward a brighter future. Explore past podcast episodes and get a copy of the Fearless Happiness book to ignite your inner strength. If you or someone you love is battling addiction or facing challenges related to unresolved trauma, know that we are here for you. Visit maxnates.org. M-A-X-N-I-J-S-T dot O-R-G and take the first steps toward finding your fearless happiness. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of Fearless Happiness.